Is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Shout out to the title sponsor of the Big Show, that is Big O. Now through June 13th, get up to a $70 reward card on select Michelin, BF Goodrich, and Uniroyal Tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Uh, that's uh, that's Big O Tires. Well, uh, we're here at the warehouse, by the way, 1825 South, 300 West. We have some jazz gear. Feel free to come by and grab it. And, of course, price is so low to blow your mind uh, here at the warehouse. What to, what, what's your go-to tire, Gordon? Are you like, because you're, you're a car guy. What, yeah. What do you go with that? Like low profile, high profile, all weather. What? What? What's, well, it depends on what what's car. the way to go? Well, on one. your high performance vehicle. Uh, I think I got. Uh, I think I got Pirellis on that. Oh, but like, not the brand. Like, is oh. there a certain type of tire that that performs? Well, it's a road tire. I mean, yeah, and then and then you can switch out into winter tires. I mean, like the the Formula One cars. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of traction on those tires. You get like. Yeah, you get road tires, and then if you need uh, if you need to worry about the snow, which a lot of us do around here, then you just switch out. You put winter rubber on there, and uh, yeah. Are you the guy that, that I get those big on my truck? I get I have big tires on those. It's, it's, it feels good. And are you the good. type of guy? Uh, and and I doubt you are, but that are rolling the studded tires in like May as the <laughs> as the asphalt peels up behind you, there and you're was, like, oh, I'll I'll change it out next week. There was one summer that I left my winter rubber on for too long, and that's that. Those are the tires I had when I uh, when my when my tire actually rolled off my car because the heat had warmed up the walls of the tires and you're not supposed to do that you're not supposed to ride your winter tires lesson learned there and i'm telling you just prior to that i was i was going just a smidge maybe over the speed limit and if that tire had rolled off at that moment that wouldn't have been good but then when i started to pull over to get off the freeway that's when it it started to roll off and then it rolled down the hill next to my car. That was, don't do that. Joining us now, uh, he makes the magic happen for the Salt Lake Tribune. He covers the Utah Jazz. We welcome him back to the big show. He is Eric Walden. What's going on, Eric? Oh, not much. Just uh, bringing some of that Tribune negativity to the airwaves. <laughs> what do you think uh, about your guy, Robert? By the way, do, I pronounce it, his last name in my head, Gerke, but I have a feeling it's Gerke. Yeah, I should check with both of you guys. Which is it? Gerke, yeah. Gerke. Gerke okay. is All correct right. on that. Yeah. It, you, that's one of those things like, Eric, I don't know if you've ever read the Lord of the Rings books, but did, did you ever read those and pronounce things in your head and then you see the movie? You're like, wow, I was way off. <laughs> I mean, not those, but, like, yeah, that happens with stuff all the time. So, yeah, I'll, I'll read a book, I'll pronounce it one way, and then I'll listen to the audio book, and it'll be, like, something different. I'm like, well, fine, if, they, if that's how they want to go with it. <laughs> well, see it is that, only his name. That, you know, Eric, I should probably see, get it right. that really bothers me, not getting the name right as you're reading, because – you see it over and over and over again, and if it's if you're if you're thinking of it wrong, then that's somehow uncomfortable. 
in my mind. But you mispronounce names constantly. How could you actually have that opinion? Do I now? You, right. There's Austin's got a whole re- reel of clips of you. <laughs> okay, anyway, we brought Eric on to talk jazz. And yeah, by the way, did. Eric, I think you're a positive guy. You're, maybe you're the, 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 the black sheep over there. You're, oh, you're, you've got a positive please. attitude on life. Knock it off. Well, yeah. I mean, just, not... just shows how little you know me, Jake Scott. <laughs> All right, Eric. Well, here's where I want to start because I really uh, enjoyed, I guess it was last week, um, your story about Quinn Snyder. I, I learned a lot from reading it, and I guess uh, my question, the, did you learn a lot from writing it? Oh, absolutely. I learned a lot. You know, it was – I've been telling people, like, the genesis for the story came about uh, when we talked to Quinn at the All-Star game when, you know, for him it was just another line he threw out there. He was like, yeah, you know, before I came to the Jazz, I moved I moved five times in five years. And, like, that just really kind of resonated with me, you know, what a, what a unique kind of uh, career path that was because you just don't see that too often among guys who become NBA head coaches. And so – that really kind of got me thinking, and, and I started reaching out to, you know, I, I started looking up who was on these teams and, and started reaching out. And, man, yeah, like, it was as much fun for me to put together as, as it was for a lot of people to read. And I, and I don't say that, you know, arrogantly. It's just based on the feedback that I've gotten. Yeah, like, you know, getting to talk to, uh, you know, I, I, downloading WhatsApp so that I could talk to Ettore Messina in, in Italy. You know, and hearing him talk about Quinn, you know, getting to talk to uh, Grizzlies coach Taylor Jenkins for 25 minutes while he's telling me that, you know, it used to be his job to, like, hustle through whatever airport they were in and look through all the coffee shops or bars because Quinn was going to miss their flight and it was his job to find them. You know, just there were all sorts of stuff that came up, uh, you know, as a result of talking to other people and then. You know, by virtue of me doing that, uh, I believe that's what made Quinn feel comfortable enough to agree to the story. Because, I mean, as you guys know, Quinn is not uh, real real eager generally to kind of put himself out there and, and, and you know, tell personal things about himself. He likes to keep his, his private life private. But, um, yeah, I think I think the, the depth and scope of people who I was able to get a hold of and and get stories from and get background from really kind of was what, you know, put him over the edge because he was one of the last people that I spoke to for this story, to be honest. I didn't know if we were going to get him. I'd put in, you know, a request to to talk to him for several weeks and was told he was interested but was, you know, mulling it over. He was considering it. And and then finally, yeah, just a a few days before I had to turn it in, uh, he, he finally agreed to it and, yeah, just an, an incredible conversation. Uh, that reminds me, Eric, of that uh, story that Rick Riley did in SI back in the day on Patrick Ewing, and he was trying to get Patrick uh, to uh, to give him some time, and he kept missing him, kept missing him. So, so Rick was calling everybody else. And so as he wrote the story, he was including the comments from everybody else except for Patrick Ewing in a feature about Patrick Ewing, and then finally, Patrick Ewing called, and like the, at the very end of the story, it he quoted, uh, "Hey Rick, this is Patrick Ewing," and it was just dot dot dot. That's how he ended the story. But people don't really understand how hard it is and how much work it takes to get a hold of all those people that you talk to 
for that story. But it does help when you you bring up a subject that they like talking about. And I got the sense that all of those sources liked talking about Quinn. Yeah, for sure. So that's, that's what made this thing interesting because, yeah, I mean, for a while I, I was kind of starting to, to worry that, you know, this is going to be a Quinn Snyder feature without Quinn Snyder in it, you know. And so I felt like, okay, I'll, I'll get as in-depth as I can with those other people and, and just keep hoping for Quinn. But, yeah, that was that was the interesting thing for sure, Gordon, is that uh, Quinn has, has really left a mark on all these people who I spoke with, you know, whether it was Carl Dell, Squeaky Johnson, former point guard of the Austin Toros, or or whether it's uh, you know Mike Budenholzer, now now head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, like every person I talked to had an interesting story to tell about Quinn, and they were so eager to talk. I mean, this is it's like it's pretty unprecedented for to get. You know, an NBA head coach to give you 15, 20, 25 minutes of their time. But, you know, whether it was Mike Brown or whether it was Coach Bud or whether it was, you know, Taylor Jenkins or, you know, I, I finally got Doug Collins to call me as well. He was uh, he was the very last person I spoke to. We spent half an hour on the phone and he's just, you know, telling me about Quinn. Is a, he considers Quinn Snyder a member of his family. Right. This is a relationship that started because Quinn was an assistant coach at Duke who helped Doug Collins son, uh, you know, get back in game shape after after breaking his foot and taking a major leap from his junior to senior years of playing. And that led to, uh, you know, after Quinn got fired from Missouri, you know, uh, that, that led to an invite out to Doug Collins house out in Arizona and, and a lifelong friendship. So, yeah, every single person I spoke to just had been touched by Quinn. And, um, you know, he'd, and he'd been touched by them as well. So, yeah, the stories were just fascinating to me. Did you get any feedback from Quinn on it? Sorry, what was that? Did you get any feedback from Quinn uh, on I did story? get some feedback. Yeah, I, I did get some feedback from Quinn. Um, I, I won't go into all of it because, again, some of it was 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 definitely meant to be private. But, um yeah, he, he he just expressed his gratitude and, and appreciation. And, and um, you know, I'll go ahead and say this, and I hope I'm not embarrassing him, but he apparently liked it enough that he told me that uh, he was grateful I had written it because it would be something that his, his kids would read about him one day and have a better understanding of of kind of his path. So, you know, it, man, that, that, that choked me up. That brought some... You know, it, it's not hyperbole to say like I got all the feel from that. Yeah, yeah what a compliment! Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 really amazing, and it was it was a great story, Eric. You did a you did a terrific job. It was really insightful, and actually, for any of our listeners, uh, if they didn't have a chance to to read it, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, obviously, sltrib.com. Uh, you can follow Eric on Twitter at tribjazz, and I'm sure Eric's got links throughout his his Twitter feed. Um, I want to ask you about the series, Eric, and you know, as always, we were joking about the Robert tweet, but certainly you can look at positives and negatives but what are your ultimate takeaways from beating the grizzlies the jazz beating the grizzlies in five uh so what i would say is you know i i get where both i get where both david where, where david and, and robert are coming from in that um i never really got the sense at any point in the series even after the game one defeat that the jazz were in trouble right clearly they were 
the more talented team. Clearly, they had superior firepower. Clearly, they had more experience. Um, and, you know, they didn't shoot the ball well at all in game one, and, and Memphis stole one. Um, you know, we heard from the Jazz all series long, and we and we heard it again from Donovan and, and Rudy post game last night, just given incredible credit to the Grizzlies for what they did for their resilience. You know, Donovan at one point said, the Grizzlies are a team that they can go down 30 and they're not going to quit. And, you know, to their credit, we, we saw that in game five last night. But at the same time, like, you know, I, I don't know that anyone who was watching that series ever really truly believed that Memphis had a shot to win four games in it, right? And, and I mean, that bears out by the fact that the Jazz finished it off in five games. Uh, they absolutely smoked them in game five. And the thing was, you know, e- even in those moments when the Jazz struggled throughout the series, they were moments. You know, they, they, they'd lose focus for a little bit. They'd have some shots not go in. The defense wouldn't be quite at the level they needed it to be. Uh, you know, stop moving the ball, whatever the issue was. And, and, you know, Memphis keeps playing, keeps playing hard, makes a run at it, maybe even retakes the lead, and then the Jazz adjust, right? They, they do what they, they do whatever they needed to do. They, they were able to flip that proverbial switch. Not that I felt like, you know, they were ever sandbagging and, and waiting to turn it on, you know, quote-unquote. But, um, yeah, the Jazz were just a far better team, and I don't expect it will be that easy against whoever they play in the second round. So, Eric, let me let me ask you a general question. You've seen all these playoff teams play. You've seen the guys that the Jazz will probably end up playing. With the way the Jazz are playing, or with the way they're capable of playing, how far do you think this team is is able to go? I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> NBA championship, Gordon. You know, this this team is that good. This team is this team is as good as any team in the league. You know, they're they're up there with a fully healthy LeBron James and Anthony Davis Lakers team. They're up there with, and, and maybe better than that, they're up there with a Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden Nets team. You know, if, if this team plays up to its capability, if uh, Mike Conley's hamstring is, is not too badly hurt, if they have some injury luck, if they have some, you know, bounces of the ball luck like this team could be hosting the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of at, at the end of it all you know does not to say they're the favorites to do it or they're definitely going to do it or they absolutely even should do it you know the playoffs are, are, are a fickle beast and you never know what's going to happen but this team is, is is good enough that it could happen is my point Eric, I, I want to ask you this, and if I've asked you, asked you something similar in the past, I apologize, but uh, I sometimes understand Rudy Gobert's frustration about recognition because in traditional ways, ca- casual fans evaluate the game, box scores, sports center highlights, those sorts of things. Just don't do Rudy Gobert or his impact on the game justice. It, ju- it just doesn't. So when you're talking to folks, uh, you know, fans, maybe people around the league that don't watch the Jazz every night, and they ask you to to describe how valuable Rudy is. How do you do that? Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting question because, yeah, I, I do get that a lot talking to people. And, um, yeah, Rudy is absolutely one of those guys who, 
we appreciate him because we see him every night and we get a chance to, to witness the nuances and subtleties of his game up close and in person and over and over again. You know, and, and these are the things that don't show up on, you know, the ESPN top 10 list. But uh, what I tell them is the Jazz are able to build their entire defensive system around Rudy Gobert, right? This is, this is a team that finished, what, top three, four, or five in defensive rating this year. This is a team that limited opponents to the fewest number of three-pointers made per game this year. And that's because they've designed their entire system around Rudy Gobert's unique and special talent uh, to erase people in the paint and at the rim. So, you know, the other four guys can overplay guys on the perimeter. They can funnel them inside. They can do whatever they need to do to keep them from hoisting up threes, knowing that they've got the ultimate insurance policy behind them. So that's what I tell them about, about Rudy defensively. Offensively, you know, what do you say? Okay, Rudy's never going to be a 20-points-per-game guy. He just doesn't have the offensive consistency in terms of post moves, in terms of, uh, you know, ability to catch passes consistently. Even though he's improved there over the years, you know, you still once or twice a game see him fumble one away that you're like, ah, man, if, if Rudy had got that. But at the same time, uh, he's absolutely a threat rolling to the rim, right? Like, if you, <laughs> if you don't pay enough attention to him there, he's savvy enough and smart enough that he'll just throw down six dunks a game on you. Um, and then on the other side, once you do start to make the moves to take that away, that's extra space, extra room, less attention on the three-point shooters. And beyond that, the, the thing that I most tell people is, why and, and, and how do you think the Jazz get as many open threes as they do? Like, I know, I know lots of people like to make fun of the screen assist stat, like, Oh man, that's that's a made up thing that the Jazz hold on to like to build Rudy up. Like watch Rudy set screens one game. Like rather than paying attention to, you know, Donovan's dribble moves and ability to get into the paint, like seriously, spend spend some minutes of a game watching Rudy Gobert set screens and watch how open guys get as a result. And it's just you know, that's, that's a thing that the average fan is not going to pay attention to, and it certainly doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but that absolutely makes him one of the most important and integral guys on this team. Eric, last night we saw the Jazz come out of the gate and hit all those shots and look so comfortable doing it. What What is the deal with the Jazz when they, when they get hot like that and then when you compare it when, they're, when they go cold? What, what makes the difference? I mean, wouldn't we all love to know that, right? Like, I, I'd teach shooting clinics, and I'd be a multimillionaire, and I could afford a house on the hill like yours, Gordon. But um, nice, nice. I'd, I'd have my own Cliff Kingsbury estate, you know? Uh, I think, honestly, what it comes down to is, you know, they've imported guys who are elite shooters, and then they've put in a system that, uh, you know, includes a couple of guys in, in Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley who are absolutely uh, brilliant at kind of creating space, one, and then finding open guys, two, and then three, capable of hitting shots themselves. So, you know, I think that's why we've seen 
the the horrible shooting games be so infrequent this year. That's why we've seen this team set the NBA record for most three-pointers made per game over the course of the season is because they've got shooting talent and they've got the scheme that exploits, you know, uh, opposing defenses' weaknesses and enables these guys to get open. And is it going to work every time? No. You know, that's that's why people say live by the three, die by the three, and that's absolutely true of this team. But they've lived by it a whole lot more than they've died by it this season. Eric, thank you so much for jumping on with us. Enjoy your coverage and uh, looking forward to hopefully a fun second round. I don't think it's going to be fun, Jake. Is that negative enough for you? (laughs) That's pretty negative considering NBA playoff basketball is pretty fun. If you were a betting man, Eric, which of those teams do you think the Jazz are going to have to face? Uh, You know, some of us who traveled to Memphis were discussing this. I still see the Clippers coming out of it. But um, you know, either way, it, it, it's going to be interesting. I think I think the Clippers are too talented. I like them having two guys capable of making clutch shots as opposed to the one the Mavs has got. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the Los Angeles wins these next two games in that series, and uh, we're facing Kawhi in the second round. Yeah, I think the Clippers are better too. Interesting, they they lost last night. Uh, Eric, thank you. You're the best. We appreciate you. All right, take care, guys. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune, covers the Utah Jazz, and you can follow him on the uh, uh, on Twitter at Trib Jazz, which, by the way, is a very historic Twitter account. It goes all the way back to Ross Seidler when he mm. covered the Jazz for the Tribune. Good guy, Ross. Saw him tweeting at Clowkey over the weekend. He's up there. Ross is an attorney in Seattle he now. Is. But he's he's lawyering. Big... A yeah. uh, big uh, uh, Mariners fan, and Clocky was hanging out at the Mariners game. But uh, uh, the trip, to your guys' credit, uh, Gordo, you you guys have had a run of, of talented people covering the – well, really all teams. I don't want to sell anybody short. But, you know, that, that Trib Jazz account has been uh, controlled by some good writers over the years. Yeah, all good guys, too. All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, we are live at the warehouse, 1825 South. 300 West. He's jumping on with us to blow some minds. He's our friend Christopher. What's going on, Tove? What's going on? Hey, we're just uh, hanging out very comfortably, might I add. Uh, <laughs> enjoying uh, enjoying the day. In fact, Tove, uh, if I have a newborn at home, as you know, you could have put me in something less comfortable. I'm a little I'm a little drowsy. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad that you get a, at least a little bit of a break coming to the warehouse. You get to chill a little bit. That's a fact. That is a fact for <laughs> hey, sure. You know, I think Jake might move in. <laughs> might move in. Could I spend a few days down here? Tell is that cool? Just to, just to catch hey, up a little bit. What we tell every customer is that you can you can get comfortable. You can try out the stuff. If you fall asleep, we just charge with the closest motel charges. <laughs> all right, all right, deal. Uh, that's. Uh, I think COVID rates are about forty nine, so I think Jake will be all right. All right, thanks, buddy. Okay, I'll, I may take you up on that. But let's hey, let's save some <laughs> let's save some money for our listeners. You guys, that's what you do best. And saving money, like you said, is what we do best. But hey, we are also about high quality, nice furniture. You're sitting on some of the best stuff you can find in the market. Oh yeah, we have name brand warranty, factory warranty on everything. You can go to the stores right down the street, and you'll find our price comparison, and we smoke them right out of the water. Uh, something that I want to highlight right now is actually a six-piece fully reclinable sectional, and we normally retail this about thirty-six ninety-nine, sometimes thirty-seven ninety-nine, depending on the grain of the weather. But this one, actually, we're doing this weekend for, guess what, 
$22.99. And this one, we've only got two left. And so this is one hot buy, and you got to come and see it this weekend. All right. Take advantage of that. 1825 South, 300 West, the best stuff in town at the best prices. Thanks, Tove. Thank you so much. All right. There you go. Our friend Christopher from the warehouse. Take advantage of it. 1825 South, 300 West. little construction out there, but they will make it worth your while. Trust me, you're going to save a ton uh, here at the warehouse. We'll get to more coming up next. Tim Lacombe joins us at the uh, top of the 4 o'clock hour. And Justin Zanuck, the general manager of the Utah Jazz, will join us at 5. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, this is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point belt. Jazz close out the Memphis Grizzlies last night at Vivid Arena, 126-110, to winning game number five and winning the series four games to one. Jazz scored 47 points in the first quarter, a franchise playoff record. Only downside, Mike Conley uh, left game after only 12 minutes of play uh, with a sore hamstring. Here's Mike talking about it after the game. I'm frustrated. I've worked tirelessly, you know, kind of night and day on and put a lot of effort into it, showing up early, staying late, strengthening, running, conditioning, everything. And it's just one of those things you don't know when it'll happen or why it happens. It just does. And and for me, it's, you know, it's never been like a true hamstring pull where it just knocks you out. It's just like a small tweak that's just enough to cause discomfort and worrisome folks. So my mindset is I'm going to be ready to play. So that's the kind of visual I've put in front of myself that I'm going to be ready. So we're going to just see what what happens in uh, the next few days and be smart about how we approach it going into this next series. Mike did have an MRI on it this morning. We have not seen an update yet. Stay tuned to the big show. As soon as we get one, we will certainly pass it along to you. The Jazz now await the winner of the Dallas Mavericks uh, LA Clippers series. Mavs lead currently three games to two. Game six in Dallas uh, will be on Friday night. This update brought to you by Syringa Networks. If you're working from home with or with a hybrid workforce, get a powerful IT partner. Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. What do you want? You're locked on to the big show. Presented by Big O Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Every day on The Big Show. What? Gordon and Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on The Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time for what's going on here on The Big Show where we check in with the other shows on The Zone Sports Network. Big Show live today from the Warehouse 1825 South 300 West. Price is so low it'll blow your mind. What's going on? Brought to you by Rough Tough. Rough Tough sets the industry standard for custom seat covers for cars, trucks, SUVs, and UTVs. Get the best fit seat covers for the make, model, and year of your vehicle and do some business with a Utah company since 1976. Check them out today at roughtough.com. That's roughtough.com. I feel like you got to put some emphasis on that. roughtough.com. 
Doesn't I, it feel like one of those things where you kind of, Ugh. No. How would you say it? Don't do that. Again. How would you say it? I wouldn't say, tough. How would you say it? I'd say rough, tough. Rough, that tough. sound rough or tough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that sounded just sort of. Rough, tough. Know. Check them out at <laughs> roughtough.com. This isn't packed full of media day. <laughs> hey. Oh. oh. <laughs> All right. Let's... By the way, by the way. What was the deal with you retweeting somebody who was blaming me for your Mike Conley gaffe? Oh, I didn't retweet it. I just liked it. Well, okay, same thing. It's not the same thing. Well, it's close. I could like someone who uh, has uh, mm, some understanding of the world. See, th- this is the problem. You You make a mistake. Then you don't own it. Then when someone blames me... You say, but before that, you say, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about you it. Des- but then somebody blames me, and you're all over it. You deserve the blame. I explained that. We moved on. Somebody <laughs> realized that I was correct. I liked to tweet. I didn't one, retweet anything. And plus, person. I know John personally, by the way. Oh, so that, it's that not explains like, it. He's a friend of yours. Not really. He's a longtime listener of The Zone. Somebody who's dropped by remotes a bunch of times. John's a great guy. You, well, in fact, you probably know him, too. Uh, he's just made an error in judgment on this. Well, please. Can we get to Joe Ingles? Okay. This is from the Joe Ingles Show this morning with DJ and PK. We wanted to kind of listen to a big Does chunk of it. Does he have a hurt hammy, too? No. Here's Joe. Joe, I want you to get me Donovan Mitchell's autograph because he's a bad, bad man. How fun was it to watch that? Yeah. I mean, it's. I've said it a few times. It's, it's just not surprising to me anymore, and it hasn't been for a very, very long time. Um, we see it on a daily basis of practice. You see the work he puts in. Um, I've talked about the film. Um, just, just all that. All those things to prepare and be as ready as possible. Um, and then, obviously, at the end of the day, he's also got that, um, I don't know what you call it, X factor, to actually to, to go out there and do it. Like, you can prepare and work as hard as you want but um, sometimes it doesn't translate or not not all of it will translate but he goes out there and um, I mean there's I know I know he's been great I think the, the best thing and the, the coolest part about how he's been playing is the, the poise and the, the reads off pick and roll I think he he had that one turnover where he got blitzed and I think he stepped on the line or the ball went over the, the half court line and apart from that He's like they've played so many different styles of defense in this series against him. Um, whether it be dropping the big all the way back and like letting the guard kind of fight over and under, whether it be, be blitz, the, the big at the point of the screen, switching. Um, I mean, you name it, they did it this series. And um, yeah, just to see his poise and his, his reads against them is. It is second to none, so um, that was that was the coolest part for me. And um, I mean, yeah, it makes everyone else's job a lot easier when he's playing at the level that he's playing at. So I get a lot of what you're saying, and I agree. But I gotta say that last minute of the first half still stunned me. I mean, the look on his yeah. face, the way he was talking, he made you look like, you know, you, you, the stuff you say on the court is nothing. He was going at Dylan. <laughs> and I thought, honestly, I know everyone hates Dylan Brooks. I thought Dylan Brooks' defense on the shot with 48 seconds left, I thought he stayed with Donovan a long time. The replay showed Donovan yeah. trying to grab with the left hand. It'd be an offensive foul. It's like he's hooking him, sweeping out of the way. I mean, I got to give Dylan Brooks a ton of credit. And Donovan still stuck that shot in his face. 
No, for sure. I mean, it was, I think that last one, myself and JC, or I can't remember who was on the court, were like wide open on the other side. It was just like, you could tell that Donovan gets in these like modes sometimes. <laughs> um, and it's like, it doesn't matter. He got five guys on him and it's you, like, we all stand there very confident that he's going to score. Um, obviously, the, the talk between him and Brooks was something that um, I think Brooks actually initiated a lot of it when Donovan was out that first game, and um, Donovan wasn't going to let him uh, <laughs> kind of get the, the upper step and, um, and be the one walking away with a series or a game or anything. So, um, uh, like you said, though, I think. Um, I know everyone hates Brooks, but I mean the kid competes his ass off. He, he plays extremely hard. He's, he's obviously super talented. Um, I mean, one of the things we talked about a lot. I think the big. I think he. There was a stat that came up in one of our meetings that I think he led the league in fouls this year. So obviously that's a big part. Of I think he fouled out two or three of the games. He had four or five in a couple of them. He had three or four in the first half of one of them. Like. That, that's the stuff that's obviously hurting him a little bit because he can't be out there as much as he, he his team needs him to be. So um, I know everyone hates him, but you've got to give him credit for, regardless of the score of the series, he, he does play the same way. Um, but yeah, I think obviously Donovan. Um, I mean, it's yeah. What <laughs> I don't know what you expect to do against Donovan when he's he's in that frame of mind and that aggressive and that confident. I'm always fascinated, Joe, on what motivates professional. NBA players who are already at the highest level and what gets them going beyond because I think just walking into the building should be a ton of motivation so from your perspective when you see trash talking or whatnot and you hear guys on whatever uh, radio show television well I'm going to pick the Grizzlies or I don't think the Jazz are this good or whatever how much does that actually motivate an individual to go out and maybe be a little bit better I mean, some of it's just funny. Uh, I think some of it is you can clearly see in some instances people are literally just saying things for people to retweet or talk about or, um, like, there's, there's no... There's just no, like, facts in what they're saying. They're literally saying something about an individual or about a team, whether it be the Jazz aren't good or not going to win or whatever it may be, Joe sucks, Donovan Sullivan, whatever the, the narrative behind it is. Um, and they're literally just saying it for the, for the, the clicks or the retweets or the, the, the conversation. Like, oh, radio host X said this, and they get their name in the media a little bit. So some of it's just ridiculous. Um, some people, uh, I think, genuinely have debates with, I don't know, their guest or the, the co-host or whatever it is, and make bring up good points or talk about interesting things. Um, I think the ones, uh, I think there's certain people or, or shows or whatever you want to call it that you can read or see that you just like, they're literally doing this for clicks. And then some of it's like, like I said, you can tell that it's, they're, they're genuinely having a debate about, will the Memphis Grizzlies beat the Jazz or will they steal two games at home? Like whatever the, the case is. So some of it, can motive, like I think individually individuals take it differently. Um, people could tell me I'm the best player in the world or the worst player in the world, and it's not going to affect me the way there's three or three people and a baby at home that are the ones that I, I play for and that I want to, the respect from and the 
to, to make proud. Um, and there's a, a locker room and a coaching staff that, that the same same thing for, for. And this is me. I'm talking about myself personally. So maybe Donovan reads something and does take it personally and, and goes out there and wants to prove something something wrong. Um, everyone is different. For for me, it's my my family and, and my teammates um, and coaching staff. That kind of inner core of, of our our jazz group. Um, if I'm doing what they need me to do and they know what I'm doing um, and I'm making them proud and doing um, what I need to do for us to win, then I'm going to sleep well at night. You can tweet to me whatever you want. It's going to uh, be water off a dust bag. So um, everyone takes it differently. It's just, uh, I don't know, like you said, some people use it as motivation. Some people disregard it and don't even kind of have a second thought about it. So if shots aren't falling, and you've already acknowledged that they weren't falling for you in this series, uh, is it easy, hard to maintain confidence? Um, I mean, it's easy to maintain confidence because I know I put the work in. I know I shoot every day, and I go and do this routine, and I get extra shots up. But I know I'm doing the right things. Um, it's not like I missed a few shots and decided to sit on the couch and <laughs> get drunk with a beer and pizza and try and, like, wipe my sorrows away. Um, I know I'm doing the, the, the right things in the process to, to, to make shots. Like I, I mean, some nights they, they go in, some nights they don't. And right. when they're not, like I said, I've got, I've got to find other ways to, to still be effective, to still help Donovan, Rudy, Mike, JC, all our, all our guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I mean, we've talked about it a million times. Like, I'm not going to force shots and um, if I've missed a few shots because I well, obviously I, I want to make shots I'm not going out there to miss um, but I'm not going to force shots just to score just to make a couple three I'm not going to take bad shots to do that um, I think there's there's other ways I can impact the game and through some of those things I was I was saying before so um, yeah I mean it's it's definitely frustrating it's not like I woke up this morning and was like yes I didn't make a shot like this is awesome Um but I, I know I, I do the right things every day to put myself in a position to, to make those shots. And they're usually, like I said, the shots I take are the ones that I do practice. So, um, yeah, if only if anything, stats and everyone looks up that, it just means I'm in for a, a little run here to, to yeah. make a string of a lot of shots in a row. There you go. That's Joe Ingles talking about his struggles in that series uh, against Memphis. And that... You know, Joe's been pretty consistent with that, Gordon, uh, how he's going to play his game and he's not going to force shots and he's going to get his teammates involved and there's other ways that he can contribute to the team even when uh, he's not making four or five threes a game. Yeah, and don't force shots, but if you have an open shot, don't shy away from shooting. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I know Quinn does as well. Yeah, and he's done that before. So yeah. I I don't know if I have that complaint about him specifically last night. I'm trying to kind of replay in my mind. Did you see him pass up many last night? Uh, I, I I don't recall. I mean, him doing that, but we have seen him do it in the past. We certainly from time have. to time, and so that that's part of the process, man. Because if you if you miss a couple shots and then you stop taking shots, uh, I think that is more likely to prolong a shooting slump. Yeah. 
All right, Tim Lacombe will join us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Justin Zanuck joins us at 5. We are live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. A market update coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. It's time for a market update brought to you by our friends at TryDayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Check them out online, TryDayTrading.com. Gordon, how did the markets do today? Not a great day on the markets. The S&P was off uh, 15 points. It's ridiculous. The NASDAQ was off 141.8 points. That is buffoonery. And the Dow was off some 23 points. I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. All right. Well, that's not good. Well, not a tragic day, but not a, not a not a positive day. Can I uh, speaking of money, can I bring up a, a short NBA story for you. I know we're going to be focused on the Jazz most of the day, and we'll get to Tim Lacombe coming up right around the corner. Sure. But did you see this report from Eric Pincus of the Bleacher Report today that Chris Paul might decline his player option for next year with the Phoenix Suns? He's due to make $44.4 million. Here's the report. Paul has a $44.4 million player option, which, according to several sources, he intends to decline with hopes of inking a new multi-year deal, perhaps in the $100 million range over three seasons. It's unclear if his recent shoulder injury changes, uh, changes his plans, unquote. If I were him, that would change my plan, I think, because I – you know, I know that he has this track record of where he goes. He, he boosts a team, but would you pay him $100 million at this point in his career? No, but that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with a shoulder injury. Yeah, but if he's if he's breaking down, as it were. I've been breaking down for half a decade. <laughs> uh, no, I, I shoulder injury aside, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm an NBA franchise, I'd give him three years and $100 million bucks. Because when I first saw the headline of the story, I thought, has Chris Paul lost his mind? Has he lost his darn mind? He'd be the third highest paid player in the league next year. But Plus, uh, he's, he's playing on a good team, good young team where he has great influence. I don't know. He wants I, to play with LeBron. But see, is, uh, he's not going to get $33 mil a year, though, if, for three years. It's not about the money anymore. Play for, but, it, but in this case, if he, it would be about the money in a weird way. If he declined the player option because he wanted three years, he wanted more money. You see, Dennis Schroeder removed the Lakers off his social media today. Well, so the the Lakers need a point guard. There's something going on. Uh, but, uh, well, if, if Chris Paul wants to play with LeBron, maybe they can break down together. But see, <laughs> oh, wow. If if you were confident you were going to get three years and $100 bucks this offseason, what makes you think you wouldn't get it next offseason? Are you, in a sense, signaling to teams, well, I'm going to opt out of this big deal because I don't think I'm going to be worth as much next year? <laughs> that's one way of looking at it. Yeah? Uh-huh. I mean, in a sense, that's what Gordon Hayward did with the Celtics. 
Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing that to walk away from forty four million. But to think you get a longer, more lucrative contract, I just don't know if I'm a team. You know, if I'm the Lakers, I don't I don't know if I'm doing that. Yeah, I would have some reservation. I don't know if the Lakers point. can do that, frankly. Yeah, I don't know either. But I, you know, I, I I guess I don't understand exactly the motivation. Once you have a certain amount of money, um. Uh, and, and maybe that's not what's motivating him. Maybe he wants to go where he feels most comfortable. I, I don't know. I don't know. But it just seems like I don't know how much money Chris Paul has, but I assume it's quite a bit. And once you have over $100 million, I mean, it, it just what, – what difference does it make at that point? Well, what if Overlord Bezos had stopped at $1 billion, Gordon? I mean <laughs> – you always say that how much is enough? Yet there's these people out there that are just raking in billions of dollars. Well, and right, but that, that, I, and that's that's where my perspective is. Uh, that's where I'm coming from. It's not that important to me to uh, to have that kind of money. In fact, Jake, if you said to me, "I'll give you twenty million dollars over the next year if you go uh, live somewhere I don't want to live at this point in my in my life," I wouldn't do it because I don't want to. You know, I just. It, uh, money doesn't motivate everybody. How about this? How about if I required you to stay where you want to live, but we cut you down to a 25K a year stipend? Why would you do that? Well, I'm just saying, if you know, <laughs> prove your point that, that money isn't necessarily everything. I'm saying, how about if instead of your current lifestyle, you've got to live here in Salt Lake, but you just got 25K a year. That's it. I Well... I'm not sure that I would be motivated to continue at that rate, but that's that's not my point. So all of a sudden it matters. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, a little. No. A lot. No. I know. It's all right. I just want enough so that I can come shop at the warehouse. All right. That's a great, great transition there, Gordon. Now to the zone phone we go. Joining us now, our good friend Christopher. And, uh, you know, we're joking around a little bit, tough, but, but Gordon's 100% right. This you know, money, <laughs> money means a lot to everybody. Everybody likes to have a little more cheese in the pocket, and nobody likes paying too much, and that's why you guys uh, do such great work for our listeners. I, I couldn't agree more. I'd, I'd love to admit that I'm a Chris Paul denying $44 million a year, but I can't. So, <laughs> <laughs> Me either, buddy. By the way, Toph, how's married life treating you? Married life is good. Yeah. Uh, she's here. She's actually in the other room. Um, <laughs> I, I actually called in sick today. I'm calling from home. So, well, we're glad it's uh, going well. You know, the the first few months are are fun. Let's leave it at that. Uh, yeah, we got home from the honeymoon, and she has an internship right now. I I'm actually starting school again here pretty soon, so things are going well, man. Excellent. Well, hey, let's let's save our listeners some money. Where do you want to go this one? So we've talked about recliners, we talked about bunk beds, and we just talked about a killer deal on a sectional. I want to switch gears a little bit to something that is a must for everyone who entertains. And to make it easy on everybody, we've got a couple of these, and so I'm going to call this the Mike Special. All right. And let me tell you, if you're in the market for high-quality furniture, you cannot miss this opportunity. I'm calling it the Mike Special because it's just so memorable. It's a microfiber, so, it's a microfiber sofa and love seat set, and it comes with all the bells and whistles. Got bucket seating, a storage console in the love seat, head and foot full power reclining, and a total of four USB ports in the set for convenience charging. 
the set, Jake, actually is sold by our neighbors down the street, you know, the big guys. Yep. While they retail it at $34.99, we're not even close to that. And this weekend, this weekend only, $24.99 for a full power reclining sofa love set. I remember, Jake, one time you had me do math in front of all the listeners, and I think <laughs> I'm going to try my luck again. All right. Instead of twenty four ninety nine, instead of thirty four ninety nine, we're doing it this weekend for twenty four ninety nine. That's one thousand dollars. Wow, that's that's a lot of money. Tough to anybody. That's a lot of money that to anybody, except if you're Chris Paul. Forty four million. <laughs> well, hey, uh, for us uh, normal folk out here, uh, save that one thousand dollars, and that is top line uh, couch. Amazing stuff. Eighteen twenty five South, three hundred West. It's the warehouse. Thanks, Tove. Boom. All right, we'll have Tim Lacombe, the coach, joining us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.